0: How do you feel? All right? (laughs) I'm starting to feel good too. I'm with you.
1: Hello, free birds, and welcome to Skinnered Reconsidered. I'm your host, The Simple Man. I won't go through the whole spiel this time because it's just a bonus episode. I can do whatever I want. None of this matters. But I've missed you guys. I hope you're doing well. We're going to wrap up this show pretty soon. We're heading into the... Final album by Leonard Skinner, and it's called Street Survivors. Before we do that, I'm gonna mess about a little bit and have some fun, hit some topics or some songs that I always wanted to cover, always had in mind to talk about before this thing is over. This is exciting because it's a completely impromptu show. By some twist of fate, I find myself in an empty house here for the first time in about a year. The uh, simple wife, simple kids are visiting some cousins in Atlanta. So I thought, I've got to try to record something, got all this quiet, and I'll let you guys in on some secrets. Usually when I do the podcast, the regular podcast about a certain song, I listen to that song at least once the day of get some thoughts in my crazy head about what I want to say. Of course I've always got the ads that are written in advance from whatever company submitted their advertisements. And then if there's a game or like a songmeetings.com thing, sometimes I write that down. So it's not a lot but it gives me a little bit of a safety net but guys I've got absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about today other than the fact that I know I want to talk about for Texas, from the Live Skinner album. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing out there? How's the Deep Dive Podcast Network? Make sure you listen to uh, our friends. You've got Rye over at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, which is now transformed into Sabbath Bloody Podcast of a Madman. He's going through Ozzy Osbourne year by year, and I'm loving it. So check that out. We've got T-Bone. He's got a new show coming out soon. T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. And then, of course, the Deep Purple Podcast. Oh, and guess what, guys? I was recently a guest on there. If you didn't see that, I joined the Deep Purple Podcast on episode number 71, I think. And we talked about an album called Spectrum by Billy Cobham, a great drummer, it's a really cool like jazz rock fusion album. And it was a lot of fun to talk to those guys. They were very nice to have me on. So check it out. It's about two hours long. So that's essentially as much content as an entire new season of Skinner Reconsidered. So go over there and check that out. Listen to Deep Purple Podcast and uh, listen to me jabber over that one episode. I know something we can talk about let me look this up I got a message not too long ago it was recently Ed King's birthday I think about probably about two weeks ago now it would have been Ed King's birthday he did pass away recently but a friend of mine on Twitter called John Deary who has a band in Austin Texas I think he sent me a message told me a pretty great story about Ed King that I enjoyed Yep, here it is. He said that a kid showed up at a music store for guitar lessons, his teacher didn't show up, and this kid was very disappointed. Ed was there looking at guitars or having one repaired, and so Ed says to the kid, well, I'll give you a lesson. So he did, and after the lesson, he told the kid, if you show up here every week at this time, I'll give you lessons. So the kid showed up for well over a year, and Ed King gave him guitar lessons. And after about a year, Ed says something to the kid, like, hey, you've gotten really good. I've taught you just about everything I can, and if you wanna get better, you're gonna need to join a band. And the kid said he really wanted to be in a band, but his guitar was cheap, and it wouldn't stay in tune. So he had been rejected by every band he tried to join. He had saved up some money for a new guitar, but it had only about half as much money as you'd need for a decent guitar. So Ed asked him what kind of guitar he wanted. The kid said, well, one just like yours. Ed said, I'll tell you what, give me the money you earned and you can have this guitar. So the kid bought Ed's guitar and then a while later, the kid takes his guitar in for service and the tech there asked the kid, where'd you get all these old backstage pictures of Leonard Skynyrd in your guitar case? The kid says, I don't know, my guitar teacher was kind of obsessed with that band. The guitar tech asked what his teacher's name was, and he replied, Ed. So the tech pulls out one of the old photos and points to a picture of Ed King playing on stage with Skynyrd. He asked the kid, is that your teacher right there? The kid says, of course, yes, that's him. And the guitar tech says, son, your guitar teacher was Ed King from Leonard Skynyrd. And this guitar is worth way more than what you paid for it. Pretty great story, I think. Ed King always seemed like one of the nicer guys in Skynyrd. And that was a cool thing that he did. And no, I can't verify that story, but maybe that's what makes it even better because he didn't do it for publicity. It wasn't like a widely known thing. But it's a story that was told through the grapevine. And thank you, John Deary, for passing along to me and to all the free birds out there today. All right, let's get into the song for the day. It is called T for Texas. It is from the live album by Leonard Skinner that's called One More From the Road. The great Steve Gaines had just joined the band on guitar. We're going to talk about him a lot in the next season. The next album. I know I'm jumping ahead chronologically. But we're not going to cover the live album, so I'm squeezing it in there. Steve Gaines absolutely kills it on this song. Ronnie was in love with him. You can hear it in the introduction. This is a cover song that was written by Jimmy Rogers. Jimmy Rogers was born in the late, very late 1800s, and then he died about 30 years later, I think, in the uh in the 1920s. He's a famous country singer. He also helped to pioneer the blues. And you're going to hear both country and blues in this song. It makes sense why Skinner would cover it. So written by Jimmy Rogers and performed by Leonard Skinner Live. This is D for Texas.
0: Oh, man, let me tell you about this gentleman that's playing with us tonight. It's a new member of Leonard Skinner. His name is Steve Gaines over here. He's from Oklahoma. He's old Okie. Watch out. I'm sick of Okie on mean. you. We're gonna do. We're gonna do an old song by Jimmy Rogers called "Give Me a T for Texas, a T for Tennessee." Huh? Put your hands together on this.
1: Gosh darn that boy's funky. funky. Bring those mules in. Elma. She sounds hot. If you don't want me, baby. Mamma,
0: you should sure not got stalled. Oh, you don't want me, baby. Mamma, you should sure all got stalled. And I had all pretty women in the past. Trained them
1: all. More pretty women. Then a passenger train can haul. Folks, I don't even know how many pretty women could fit in a passenger train, but that is a lot. So good for you, Jimmy Rogers and Ronnie Van Zant. How cool is this song? I know my butt's already shaking. Got that great slide guitar. Arm pile on the drums is propelling this song, pushing it forward. The band is tight, and I love Ronnie's vocals on this entire song.
0: Buy myself
1: sings, I'm going to shoot myself a rounder I always thought as a young kid but the lyric was, I'm gonna shoot myself around her, as in near her in her general vicinity. I'm gonna kill myself and that'll show her, show that dirty woman. But it turns out, the actual lyric is, I'm gonna shoot myself a, new word, rounder, R-O-U-N-D-E-R. And apparently that's a old timey word for like a derelict, drunk, uh, misfit and so the complete line is I'm gonna shoot myself a rounder oh that stole away my gal Jimmy Rogers obviously dealt with a cheating woman of his own and there will be consequences all right stop there first of all he'd rather sleep in a damn hollow log than to be treated like a dirty dog by this Thelma character second Ronnie sings that he'd prefer that over being in Atlanta Georgia treated like a dirty dog this album of course the live album was recorded over three nights at the famous Fox Theater in Atlanta Georgia I'm not sure if that's the original lyric, or if he just did that thing that singers like to do where they shove the name of the current city where they're playing into the song's lyrics. I always appreciate that, personally. The Fox Theater in Atlanta, I haven't been there in years, but it's a very cool venue, and still to this day, there's a sign as you enter that says, Play It Pretty for Atlanta. Ronnie Van Zant, 1976 of course that's what he Ronnie said to the boys during free bird the live version recorded for this album so it's a it's a pretty cool thing it's become a famous quote from Ronnie now you're about to hear from Steve Gaines again this song is definitely a showcase for him in many ways you already heard the introduction of course from Ronnie Van Zandt who was in love with Steve Gaines and then his cool guitar intro. This song actually was important to Steve Gaines joining the band in the first place. I'll get into this later. I don't want to steal too much of the thunder from the proper podcast. But the first time he ever played, Steve Gaines ever played with Skinner on stage was in Kansas City, Missouri. And he played this song. The band couldn't hear Steve playing on stage, but the sound man told him, that it sounded amazing, that Steve was great. Of course, long story short, Steve Gaines joins the band shortly after that. And Skinner recorded three shows, three nights, to put together this live album, One More From the Road. And the first of the three shows was Steve Gaines' third show with Skinner. So I'm not sure which night this song came from, but the three shows that made up this live album were Steve Gaines' third fourth and fifth shows with Skinnard. and you can see that he jumped in there and fit in immediately so let's hear some of that sweet guitar Steve I don't
0: have to go for
1: that. again I love Artemis's drumming on this Obviously, you got more than one guitarist playing here, and I always have a hard time picking out who's who. But I think it's Steve here on the slide. Billy Boy on the Keys. Oh, I'm sorry, Billy Boy. I'm going to stop you for a second, although I love this solo. I should have mentioned this song is very long, especially by a Skinner's standards. They usually keep it pretty tight. This is them showing that they can be a jam band, too. The song clocks in at about nine minutes, and I don't think I can bear to cut any of it out, so maybe I learned something from the uh, Deep Purple podcast after all. We may run a little long today. Back to you, Billy Boy. Right, still bragging about his passenger train full of women, I first heard this song from the that green box set that Skynyrd released, which I bought as a present for my dad. It was one of the first expensive sort of presents that I got for him, and it was the first time I pulled that move where I buy some music that really I just want for myself to someone who happens to live in my current home, and then I gift it to him, give it to dad, I feel great about myself. What a selfless act. What an amazing child I am. And then pretty quickly after that, I borrowed it and played it in my room over and over. And this is one of the songs that that really stood out to me. I guess I said earlier that they could be a jam band approving that in this song I don't think that's exactly true because even when they were doing longer versions of songs or a longer song with an instrumental passage like Free Bird it really was always mapped out they played it basically the same every night exactly how Ronnie wanted it so they really weren't just jamming or dicking around as I like to call it there's definitely a place for that I like some of those bands that do that What's wrong with getting it down perfectly and then impressing your fans every night? I think this song proves that the answer to that question is nothing. What you do Ronnie? I Tell it, tell it Yeah <laughs> Yeah Hell yeah, that is T for Texas by Leonard Skinner. They were definitely a formidable live band. I probably will never give that the credit it deserves on this podcast, because it doesn't really fit into what we're doing. But they were great live based on everything I've heard. Never got to see the original lineup, but by all accounts they had what it took really do wish I could have seen them in their prime, but I am glad. As much as I complain about the current Skinnard, the post-Ronnie Skinnard, I have some affectionate feelings for the late 80's Skinnard that allowed me to see them with my dad and they were still a a pretty cool band at that time. I am gonna rate this song. You probably know by now that I love it. My dad loves it. I think it's the perfect representation of what Skinner could do live, the rock and the country and the blues all coming together. So I will give this song, on a scale of one to five Skinnerds, 4.6 Skinnerds. All right, since this is a bonus episode, I'm going to go a little bit off course, do a little non skinner talk, because someone that I enjoyed very much as a musician, songwriter in particular, recently died. His name was Justin Towns Earl. And I want to say something before I get into this. Mostly inspired by the simple wife, who's right. As soon as we learned that he died there was a lot of speculation. Everyone assumed they knew why. It's not necessarily fair to do that. This is someone's son, someone's dad, someone's husband and actually since the time we heard about his death there's some news coming out that he was in the hospital for an issue with his lungs or or something i'm not going to get into why he died today is the point i'm going to focus on his music and what i know about him i do have a, a story about the first time we met or i should say the first time i came to know that he existed so I was 21 years old probably uh, and at that time I was still trying to do comedy with the simple friend who I can now reference because you guys know him which helps some old stories. And we were doing shows all around Nashville but this was kind of at the point where we were pretty much done with it. We were losing interest and we had done the same like two or three shows that we had over and over again. So. Whatever, we were done with it. And it just so happened we were booked to do a show that night at a place that doesn't exist anymore called Hair of the Dog in Nashville in what is now a very cool neighborhood, I'm sure, but wasn't much to speak of at the time. And that same night, we had tickets to go see what in my mind is the reunion of Crowded House, but maybe not. It was definitely Neil Finn. I just think of Neil Finn. He's one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Same with The Simple Friend. But it feels like some kind of reunion. Maybe he was reuniting with his brother. Could have been like a Finn Brothers thing. So we really wanted to go to that show and we didn't really care about our failing comedy career. So we show up at Hair of the Dog. I should say the host of the show was a great guy named Craig Smith. He was a bartender at the famous Springwater. He was a comedian himself. He knew all the cool bands, and he, he was putting some cool shows together. And sadly, Craig Smith uh, died tragically a few years ago. We lost him as well. Uh, I was going to go into that story, but it's not mine to tell. But appreciate him putting me on some great shows and giving us this story. R. I. P. Craig Smith. So anyway, we show up at Hair of the Dog, and Justin Towns Earl is there, I think, with one other guitar player on stage doing sound check. I watched the sound check. He sounded pretty good, but my mind had been made up. At the time, the simple friend and I, we had some pre-made short films that we would project onto the screen on stage and we would interact with those usually. But we both made the call that we're not going to hang around for this Justin Towns Earl to open up for us. Which again, he would have been opening up for us, which is insane. Never should have happened. We wanted to go see Nilfin and whatever configuration, so we asked Craig Smith if we could just set up the uh, screen, give him the projector, and they could just air the movie. That's what we did. We went to see Nilfin and or Crowded House in all its glory. I do remember having a great time. And then we went back to the the hair of the dog to pick up the projector and the screen and learned that Justin Towns Earl opened, did a great job, played our thing. The audio did not work. So it was literally just a, uh, a screen, a video being played. Half the audience walked out, as you should. But the amazing thing is that half the audience stayed, and he told us we got a lot of laughs. And I'm almost positive that's not true, but he was a he was a sweet guy. So that's the story of the time that Justin Towns Earl opened for me, and I couldn't be bothered to be there. I would do that one differently. There are many times in my life I've been an asshole, but this is the most specific example of that would have been great to talk to him backstage, hang out, watch his show, all that. But we didn't do that. Either way, after that, I became a big fan of his. I saw him many times. I saw him at the Ryman, and to be honest, it wasn't a great show. He played with Centromatic, the band that had recently disbanded. If you like Jason Isbell, he wrote a song called To The Band I Love, and that was about Centromatic. But it didn't really work with him and Justin Towns Earl at the, at the Ryman. And then about a year later, I saw him uh, at the City Winery in Nashville, just him and his guitar, and it was fucking amazing. He's so good. One of those guys that just should be on his own. Just him and his guitar and his songs and his voice all of which were amazing, so he will be missed dearly by people like me. A quick postscript. This is Monday, September 14th, Simple Man. You were listening to Saturday Simple Man earlier, but I was editing this and I realized that well, one thing I realized is that there's yard work outside and it's very loud. So hopefully you get to hear that. Sounds like a jackal song in here. But I also realized that today, September 14th, is Ed King's birthday as well as Steve Gaines' birthday. They were actually born on the exact same day, which is insane. Considering that Steve Gaines was essentially Ed King's replacement, it's also Mike Cooley's birthday from Drive By Truckers. So. Great day for Southern Rock guitarists. But I realized this is a perfect birthday gift for Ed and Steve. Tell a heartwarming story about Ed King at the beginning, and then we talk about the song that was so central to Steve Gaines in his brief time with Skinnard. I'm going to try to get this out today, but wanted to point that out. I said before when I was introducing the Ed King story that it was recently Ed King's birthday. That is incorrect, of course. Ed King's birthday is today, September 14th. It was recently the anniversary of Ed King's death. That's what made that conversation and that story come about. Also wanted to say a couple things about that Justin Towns Earl story. In my mind, it was kind of this funny story about this dumb thing that I did, but now listening to it, and boy was I low energy, even for me, it was too late at night. and it, But it almost sounded kind of braggy and weird. But that's not the point. Maybe that's, maybe I should do this from now on. Record something at the end where I discuss my disappointment in the podcast and my negative feelings about it. Let me know, Free Birds, if you want this to continue. But really the point was, if it wasn't made clear, which it probably was, this whole thing is unnecessary. But I'm here now, so you're gonna listen to it. The whole idea of Justin Towns Earl being a rich kid, you know, spoiled brat that I thought uh, when I decided not to hang around for that show Casey didn't know yes, he's Steve Earle's son, and so you probably think That was the case in some ways, but Steve Earle was never really around as a, a dad Justin Towns Earl grew up with a single mom. I don't think they had a lot of money and not making any judgment on Steve Earl he had his own issues, but It is important to note how wrong I was and not to get the wrong impression Justin Towns Earl had a Justin Towns Earl had a lot of pressure on him, being the son of Steve Earle, being named after Towns Van Zant. I know he once said that he would never write a song half as good as a Towns van Zant song. But he did a pretty great job on his own. By the way, there are some rich kids who grew up to make great music. Graham Parsons, for example. Alright, you know what? I'm gonna stop rambling. I got that green light baby, so I gotta keep moving on. And here, I'll play a Justin Towns Earl song.
0: I am my father's son I've never known when to shut up But I ain't pulling no I am a father's son We don't see eye to eye and I'll be the first to man i never tried It should hurt, but it should hurt sometimes We don't see eye to eye I was a young man when I first found the pleasure In the feel of the sand And I went down the same road As my old man But I was younger then Now it's 3 a.m. And I'm standing in the kitchen holding my last cigarette I can imagine I see my reflection in the mirror in the hall. And I say to myself, I've got my mama's eyes. A long, thin frame and a smile. And I still see wrong from right. I've got my mama's eye Yeah, I've got my mama's side.